0: what's up what's up it's your girl just Be real and welcome back for another episode of Jesse real podcast y'all better raise up because i got one of north carolina's own india about to kick it with me today on the podcast so enough of me chatting let's get real all right guys i have none other than the india h here with us today on this good here sunday you know Giving you true vibes of what it is, cause you know she's originally an NC girl or whatever. living this <laughs> living this DMV life, you know. that's normally how it happened though. People from the South go north, people from the north come south. It's like you want to change your pace so you go places where you weren't really raised around. I could yeah. never live in d c cause it's not for me in the DMV area. It's to giving me too much of city life. I want a slow city life. That's giving me too much of a in-the-mix city life. So I'm trying to leave that. You know what I'm saying? But she's here to grace our presence today on the podcast, on our episode called Dear NC with Love Indy." Because, I mean, North Carolina to the DMV, two totally different worlds. Okay? <laughs> two totally different worlds here. So we had to play Raised Up by Petey Pablo because North Carolina. Come on to raise up. Okay? Even though I really – where has Petey Pablo? Oh, Petey Pablo. Then Pete get arrested or something. I don't know. Let me not be in that man business. Cause I wanna say he got arrested recently. Then I wanna say, you know what, I'ma just mind the business that pay me. But yeah, Pete Pablo, something going on with him. I recently see something in the news. Like he got arrested for something, prostitution or something. I wanna say. Don't quote me on that. Oh my god! But he been arrested recently. Like he was in the newspaper, and I was just like, "Oh, that's what PD been up to." <laughs> that's what you been doing, PD. Yeah. So I know he's literally off the map, though. So that much I do know. Was he ever really on it, though? That part, but you know, I was not trying to be shady because we <laughs> talk about your home state, so I'm trying to keep it cute. I'm trying to keep it cute. I mean, I live here, but I, you know, I'm trying to keep it cute. I appreciate it, but I only know him from Drumline, and that's about it. So, yo, that's what I thought about when I was listening to the song. I was like, yeah, Drumline is how he really was. That's when he was on his game for real. When people actually cared because of Drumline, I think Drumline is what really propelled people to really rock with the song. Yes, exactly. But you you know, know yeah. But you know, there's other greats that came out of North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? So at least somebody else is putting the state on the map. True, very true. I mean, That's Michael true. Jordan is probably prime of the prime. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And he got a few others. But enough of that. India, <laughs> introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. It's India. What in the heck? It's in the building. Um, born and raised in North Carolina. I've uh, been living in the DMV for almost seven and a half, eight years now. Some Damn. So, yeah, I guess they say once you've been here for five years, this is home. But I don't consider this home. Girl, that's how I feel about North Carolina. Um, my parents' house is my home. <laughs> it will forever be my home. That it will part will forever be my permanent address. Okay. I said the if same thing. To know exactly where I live, you're welcome. Period. I said the same thing about New York. They're like, you still have a New York license. You're in North Carolina. You've been here four years. And you're in my business. Don't do that. Because my permanent residence is in New York. My license will forever say New York until somebody marries me, whisks me away, and play- has some place where I'm going to literally forever be established. And even then, I'm probably still going to use Jackie's address. Amen. Because anything Amen. could happen. not speaking divorce over my future marriage, but whatever happens, <laughs> I know I could always go back home. So, there's that. So I'll give y'all a little backstory. I met India at an Amanda Seals, you know, the weekend I went to go see Amanda Seals and and it was in the D M V, so y'all know I I will travel. For people I truly admire. I will travel. I will I will make a way. i Amanda's one of those people. So I met Indy at the podcast. Whole time didn't know the night before when she was at the Smart Funny and Black show. She was literally in my row, but all the way at the end, and I had no freaking clue until she told me she was like, Yeah, I was sending so-and-so. I was like, girl, shut up. I was smooth right in the middle of that same row. Girl. She was like, yeah, girl, I went by myself. I said, me too. I do everything by myself. <laughs> she was like, yeah, girl, because I am not got time to win people. I ain't about to sit here and keep asking people. I told my friends they want to go ahead, so I'm not waiting on y'all because I need to get good seats. And I was on the same wave. Like, I bought tickets in April for the July show. Like, I was not playing games. I was like, if I'm going to travel, I'm going to have the top tier experience i'm getting close seats i'm paying that money and honestly truly yes. for both tickets it was only a hundred dollars for both tickets and i literally was in the second row yes. on both shows so and it's amanda y'all know I'm always putting, trying to put my my black dollars back in my girl pocket so for it. so that's how i'm at India. of course y'all know my talkative ass she was sitting on the bench and i was like i'm not about to be standing and these white people look weird and i'm not trying to be around these white people so i'm gonna ask homegirl here do you manifest she was like, No, we started to chat in, and boom, here we are. She's on the podcast. Ta da! <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's shocking to think that was literally like just two months ago. Damn, <laughs> <Tim>, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why- yo i said the same thing i was like wait july we're only in october that was literally like a few two months ago damn near like two and a half months (laughs) not even that long wow that's crazy right girl but indy supports the podcast she is one of the main people who pushes me to stay on my grind when it comes to my business okay i can't share y'all exactly what she has told me because it hasn't happened yet and when it happens i'll be more than willing to share but there's some things indy was putting some little seeds in my head i'm like girl you right i need to do that i need to do that too mm, okay i'm gonna do that too and you know when i hear back from these people in confirmation i'll be sure to share but we don't speak until stuff is done you know well not to y'all at least because i don't want y'all praying some of y'all might be listening to this being haters and might be praying on my downfall so <laughs> i'm gonna just hold off you know what i'm saying? But it's the prime example, just like how I have my homegirl, Mia, on the podcast of how you can meet people and they have more of an impact on your life than people you've known for years. Because there's people that's been around forever and watch this business from when it started about seven, eight years ago and don't even truly really support it or don't really tap into the podcast. But, you know, we don't, we're not going to, I'm throwing shade. F it. I'm throwing shade. I'm throwing (laughs) all types of shade. I hope you feel it. Brr, it's cold. Okay. That's just how I feel. So I'm like, you know what? Since you're such an avid supporter, we got to get you on. It's only right. And y'all heard me brag about how my girl was just in Dubai. Okay? Right. Living, She be living her best international life. Okay? <laughs> her best travel life. Shorty was in Maine, not too far over here having real lobster from the real place where they be catching the lobsters. Like, mm-hmm. Indy is always down for a trip. Okay? Sure, yeah. Always down for a trip. And it's not ironic that her handle is what in the heck, as she already told y'all, because she already threw it in there. But she really be on that indie shit where she do stuff independently. Like, she not waiting for letting no grass grow beneath her feet. Okay? And she's the only child like me. So she gets me. She gets me. We yes. see each other. Yes, we sure do. So because this is all this these similarities, it's only right that I have somebody who's actually from the state speak on the state, because I'm just, you know, visiting, you know? I just have a temporary address here so (laughs) we're gonna hop into it because you know my girl is you know being in the dmv you know my girl is top notch in her career clearly because they don't do mediocre people in the dmv hello so she's one of those top tier black girls you know black girl magic is up there i won't put her business out there but she's up there okay that's all we gotta (laughs) talk about anyway so like i was saying nc born and raised how was life growing up in nc because i hear about it but you know automatically for me with my city ass, i think about country life like who the hell want to really people really live there and grew up there like what did, what the hell did you do everything so far away like how why talk to me let me know what was what, how it was up. how what was that well, well, first, Jess, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's such a joy watching you grow over these past couple of months. I feel like I've known you for a lifetime. <laughs> it's crazy that I feel like that we just met. and I'm like, oh, damn. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but growing up in NC, uh, it was so unfortunate for me. And I say that because both my parents are from major cities. My dad's from Philadelphia. My mom was born and raised in Newark. So my dad, he went to the military and was like, got stationed in North Carolina and we just never left. And so unfortunately I was born and raised, well I wasn't born, but I was raised in Wilson, North Carolina. I was born in Goldsboro, another small ass city. And so it is like, you know, not much to do, especially Wilson, it's a very small little city in the Eastern side of the state. Um, And you know, not a lot of diversity, which, you know, I never really thought about it until I moved to a place like the DMV where I've met people from like Nigeria and Egypt and became really close friends with people from all over the world. And so, in like growing up in North Carolina, it's just like it ain't really hit no much, especially in the small towns, small cities. You gotta be real careful. People always in your business. People swear you related to them. I swear I got cousins that I don't know nothing about, but I'm like, mm, okay, sure um girl that's in the city too so don't get it twisted it'd be like that too but you know i think the good thing is like there is like a sense of community people do look out for each other um you know i was like afforded opportunities that i probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if i were in like a bigger city so it's like pros and cons but you know our hangout spot was target and starbucks honey because
1: not target
0: Early, okay. And we didn't get target till I think maybe I was in high school at that point. What? Yeah. It was bad. So, like when you say opportunities, like give us some examples of opportunities that you had that would reveal to you that you probably wouldn't have had in like other cities if you live someplace else. Yeah. I think one of them was like, I forget the name of the program, but it's some sort of international program that well, I would say this, my guidance counselors saw in me that I was like really driven. I wanted to like get out of Wilson, especially in North Carolina. <laughs> and so they were like, okay, how can we help this girl like get out of the state? And so there would be like, I forget the name of the program. But there was like an international program that I was invited to go to Australia. And I almost went. But then I got invited to this other program to spend the summer in Princeton, and so I did that instead. My dad was like, "Girl, you going to Princeton? Like, you need to go talk to them, admission counselors, do whatever." Great. Right. Princeton, and I was like, "All right." So I went to Princeton for the summer, um, and you know, there was just like other random things. With it being such a sense of community that folks were always willing to like help with, you know, if I needed to be picked up from like swimming lessons or like whatever extracurricular activities i was doing it was like a true village i feel mm-hmm. uh, and like oftentimes like there were a couple of times where i couldn't like call my mom and be like where is this woman at? why is she me up i was just hopping frame with a car because like it's nothing like we all bam basically in this small right city. so they were just driving off at the house on they went home it was no questions asked really so uh i was like you know being an only child and an only grandchild on my dad's side oh wow <laughs> That sounds like me on my mom's side. Wait, right. It was just like, you know, my I realized how privileged I was. Um, I went to private school growing up, so that was like a whole thing. Not a lot of black people. I can barely name them all still to this day. Oh, wow. Well, really. I want y'all to know, India's is literally flinging her hair because she has like inches on top of inches and inches. And no, they're not paid for. They're really from the roots. Her roots. They're, it's all her hair. But I'm just like, oh, wow. She's just luxurious but continue continue thank you. thank you i appreciate that but yeah it was just like i think my parents are very focused on like we want to give our daughter you know everything that have whatever opportunity comes her way we want her to do it if she wants to do it right and so like my parents especially my dad was on my ass about any and everything so please share I, with the world that your father is an only child an only child <laughs> the only child um and we had just a, like and my mom hates it i'm about to say because when india <laughs> went on vacation and she was telling about her dad was trying to take over the whole bed and sleeping in the middle of the bed i said that's some only child stuff right there for real and i was I, like i talked to him the other day because for i think christmas we're getting a hotel he was like bro can you just share the bed with your mama Dude, don't dare <laughs> No, I'm not that. I, I they think that, yo, right? when you told me that, I literally started crying tears of laughter. Because I'm like, his only child syndrome has not left. And the fact that he has an only child, it's like, y'all understanding each other on levels. Your mom probably like, y'all niggas get on my nerves, you <laughs> right. Exactly it's so bad especially like my dad and i we both love ice cream cake so if there's one slice left we are so petty towards each other that we will lick it just so the other person will not eat it oh wow <laughs> oh wow that's intense only child syndrome right there i don't know if i could go that far we don't be sharing we don't like sharing with each other Uh like, clearly or pack of oreos this is my pack of oreos don't, don't touch it. I didn't realize that until when my aunt, my mom came to visit me like a couple of weeks ago. And I was, my mom was like, yeah, da, 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 we're going to stay spending the night in your bed. I said, no, the hell, you're not. That's what the pullout couch is for. Then my aunt was like, yeah, change the sheets. I said, for what? There's an air mattress in the office. Like, y'all are not coming in my room or my bed. Like, it's not <laughs> happening. Y'all have your own bathroom. Everything y'all need is outside. Don't pass this for you. And my mom's like, you're such an only child. Yes, don't touch my stuff or don't put stuff back the way it was. Like, girl, this is my stuff respect my stuff there is that is crazy you said that because my mom she's on herself and i don't think she realized she's on herself so when she was here the day before we was flying out to dubai i didn't know she was in my closet going through my stuff and then we in dubai we went to this store called chloe and she was like oh yeah you got that purse and i'm looking at her like how the hell you know i got this purse Mind you, shit, the purse is hidden in the back of my closet. In she the was bag snooping, snooping. In the dust bag. You been snooping in my closet? My mom did that to me, too. She got me from my Yeezy 700 Wave Runners. want to know how I know? And I was going to give them to her originally. But you know how I know. I went in my closet. I'm like, my Adidas side, that box, is looking a little light. I said, is that only one 700 box? I looked. I was like, you said you was going to give it to me. So, I just thought to myself, I'll go in the room and take them to see if there's anything else I might like. Let me tell you how this woman came down here in one of my tracksuits that was in my closet. When she came out the car, I said, is that? She's like, yeah, girl. It was at the house. And, so you know, that's free game. What the hell you mean it's free game? And she was striding it too, India. Striding that motherfucker like, it's mine now. like... Wow, she bold for that. I say home. you are a true niglet to have the audacity to come to my house wearing my shit. Wearing my shit at my house and go and really hop out the car smiling, like, hey Jessica. I said, Oh, hey mother. She's like, hey daughter. And she really like turning around like sashaying and shit. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with her? She got a pee Like I opened the door. And then I looked at she was like, "Oh, my tracksuit." She was like, "Oh, you finally noticed." Oh. I said, "Take these when you go home. Take these wave runners. And when I come back for Christmas, just know I'm cleaning up shop." Mm-hmm. Yes, you I'm cleaning up shop because I feel like if that's one thing that you have, there's plenty more coming from. And she and then she'd be her and her sister go at it. So her sister's like, "Well, too bad you don't wear my size, so you can't take these sneakers." I said, oh, you, and she's a baby, so I expect it from her raggedy behind. <laughs> you have no cooth, ma'am. None whatsoever. But to go back to what you were saying about um having opportunities, I literally released the episode about the African American uh history for AP programs about that one and I was like, you know what? It's crazy how a lot of black kids don't get the privilege to do a lot of stuff cuz I was just saying like in general like I went I did people in people sports ambassador which is like internationally I went to Holland and Amsterdam or like I did NY North new uh with National Leadership Forum on Law, like where I was able to go away from my summer breaks to kind of like see if I wanted to be able to prepare for college. Like my mom had me in a lot of stuff. I was in Girl Scouts pretty much all my life. Like I was in stuff. I was active. I was always in the community. So the community, like you said, always had a hand in molding and shaping me, which is a lot of village, but we don't, I was saying we don't have nowadays where this generation lacks it because everybody want to be so miss independent or so mister independent. And it, it sucks because you know what I'm saying? Like, my homegirl, who I was telling you about that, moved over here. It was going to develop into a village. But it's like, if I can't rock with you, there's no village you can have over here. And those right. are my friends who have had kids, I've tried to be a village. But it's like, yeah, I don't understand the concept of village because... My mom's village, some of them didn't have kids, but like they still keep contact with me to this day, even in my big age, because it was like we were we made this decision to be here when you got here and we're not going to leave ever because that's just what we are. But it's like the distortion of village today is just like y'all feel obliged and it's more monetary than it is principle.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so
0: opportunities get missed because you're not networking like you should to understand because y'all want to do everything for the gram or for social appearances as opposed to back in our day i feel like especially as only children it was more so focused on the growth and development of the child to be able to have that safety net outside of just their parents right exactly it was a lot more emotional investment exactly Mm -hmm. and i mean don't get me wrong there was monetary things like me going to holland my mom couldn't pay for that herself so like her friends chipped in to have me go because she was a single parent but it's just like y'all don't do that like y'all want to have money to spend to go to some damn birthday party spend two thousand dollar birthday party but why are you not trying to do it for a trust fund why y'all not trying to do for financial literacy? Why y'all not trying to put it where your kids are in a program where they're doing something active? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's a... Uh, that's why I be like, sometimes I'm glad I'm an only child because a lot of y'all Negroes ain't for me, for real, for real. That's another thing, too, that I brought us together, guys. Amanda still's the only child, even though she has siblings. I- <laughs> Amanda's the only child, too. So, we be, like, we be understanding each other. Like, I see you, you see me, we see each other. I forgot about that. She is Amanda's an only child. Well, okay, let me tell y'all. I said my only child because my dad's kids I do not claim. <laughs> Simple. We have no type of ties, relationship, bond, no nothing. So my dad's kids are his kids. And I mind you, I told y'all, they're like 16, 17 years older than me. So there's never was really a relationship because I really was raised an only child. Like we they by then they were grown. I was in a whole nother household. We have different mothers, same father. Amanda's the same situation. She's the only one to her mother. <clears throat> they Her siblings share the father, but she has no real relationship with her father. Now, I do have a relationship with my dad, but his kids, they ain't for me. They're too toxic. They're draining. That's a whole nother conversation for another day. So I'm an only child. Only granddaughter to my on my mom's side. Only niece, because my aunt don't have no kids. And the only daughter. So you want to talk about spoiled overtime. That's when people be like, oh, Jess, you're spoiled. I sure am. Like when my car broke down two weeks ago, my aunt kindly zelled me the three hundred dollars to pay for it. Didn't have to think twice about it. Um anytime I need to ask for money, it's always given more than what I asked for because that's just what what only that's what happens with only children. Um I don't pay for my car insurance, haven't ever since I've had a car. <laughs> um literally no, it's not in my vocabulary. So, hence why, if you're going to tell me no, I'm just going to get into it myself. Like, because you really have me fucked up. Me? No? Are you crazy? You're talking to me. <laughs> what? You're telling me no? Yeah, Um. that's I said. Whoever I marry, I feel bad for you. Because if you're going to tell me no, I'm going to find it elsewhere. So, prepare yourself. If you're out there listening in advance, prepare yourself. <laughs> I'm be like, India's dad, are you going on a trip so we, I can have a bed to myself? Because I'm waiting to just be in the middle. Yes, yes and just be out you know what i'm saying but speaking of being only child how much can you say has influenced your independence to move to the city like dc because like dc is definitely a big city and i know your parents came from big city so was that kind of like hearing their old stories kind of push you because i know you said you want to get out of wilson so like what made dc be that temporary space for you because we ain't gonna say permanent it's temporary right now yeah. so I always wanted to move to a big city. I spent my summers in Philadelphia with my dad's family. Like, all every summer I was up there. And I love being in the city, walking around. Almost got hit by a car one time. One time oh, one
1: time.
0: Lord. And see, what had happened was I was with my cousins. And we was out in Center City shopping, whatever. And, you know, in Wilson, we don't have crosswalks and stuff like that. So I'm just walking. Jaywalking. Pretty much, And my cousin had to pull my ass out of the street because I almost got hit by a car. Because I'm on, I, I just thought we could just walk. Like <laughs> 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 you, about to be a whole pancake. Pretty much, um, so I've, I've always just loved being in big cities, big buildings, great food, great people. Always something going on, even though it's crazy people in the big cities. But you know, just having Some. Can. You being real lenient, but okay. <laughs> but, you know, I've always told my parents, like, yeah, I want to live out of North Carolina. I wanted to go to college in, like, New York or, like, Chicago or something like that. My parents was just like, girl, you don't want to go live in New York. So we went and visited New York. And I was like, Y'all right. I don't want to live here. It's thing. It, It's, no, Mm-mm. I can't deal with this every day. <laughs> I can visit, but I can't come live here.
1: Okay. And I don't like
0: snow like that either, so it was a no. But, so I settled on the DMV because, you know, my major was political science. I always loved government and law and stuff like that, policy work. And I was like, what better place to move to than DMV? And so my dad was like, all right, you want to move to D.C.? Well, we got to make this happen. So like in college, I did like a summer program here in D.C. I started networking, mixed connections, ended up getting an internship on Capitol Hill. It didn't pay shit, but I was like, Dad, I needed some sort of job to at least get me started. He was like, all right, now we got to figure out where you're going to live. And he, his military friend um, let me stay with them for a little bit. And, you know, I was like, all right, you moving to D.C.? Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Because I'm only moving you one time. After that, you're on your own, sis. And I'm like, yeah, dad, this is what I want to do. He was like, all right. So we packed all my stuff up. And I've been here ever since. And never really looked back. So, it's been great. Sheesh, child. That was me. But see, there was a difference. When I went to school, I stayed. My mom was like, oh, yeah, I I brought my stuff home after graduation. My mom was like, uh, why are you taking your stuff back? You just got here last week. And I said, oh, girl, I got a job. And I got an apartment. You did a what? Yeah. So, I'm staying in Delaware. Not coming back to your house. It's been real. Found a storage unit. I'm moving. So, I'm staying here. So when i said i moved to north carolina my mother flipped her shit you're going where how far oh my god just cause that is too far what am i if you need what's an emergency what's gonna happen i'm like oh here god. we go here we go here we go Mom was the same way she was like freaked out and i'm like you literally only like four to five hours away like it's really not that bad but what could possibly go wrong but for me, I always wanted to be in North Carolina because I wanted to go to school down here. And my mom knew that. And because she could, told me I couldn't, she couldn't afford Spelman, NCCU was my second on the list. And then I got the acceptance after the day moving into Del State. So I'm like, F it. Like, I guess North Carolina not in my plans. So then God was like, 10 years later, North Carolina is available. You coming? Oh, say, let's do more. We're out. And I was like, you're really 10 hours away. I really, really am. And I'm grateful because you were making pop-ups. Two and a half hours is way too fucking close for you because you were randomly visiting me. Out of nowhere and just saying, I'm gonna take a weekend trip to Delaware. Oh God, my family never does that. But see, two and a half hours is nothing for her. Ten hours? This is my mom's first time visiting my new spot. Was just two weeks ago after me being here for like damn near six months. She's only been in North Carolina visiting me twice since the four years I've been here. So, well, three times, three times since the four years I've been here. So yeah, I love it because we're better apart. We're better apart. <laughs> we're better apart. Sorry, guys, I love fire signs, i.e. Leos and Aries, but them Sagittarius. a terrorists, another level of crazy, okay? They're kind of grouped with the uh, Libras and the rest of those air signs, the Libras, Gemini's and Aquarius. They over there with them f- for me in my, in my world, because they're a lot and her and my aunt are both Sagittarius, so you know I was going through hell, literally going through fire, while they were here for the five days. Like by day four, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough. I can't. My only child can't withstand nothing more. And then y'all got dogs here, and then y'all literally got shit all over the house. Ah, yeah. Mm. The stress. Oh, uh-uh. I'm shaking just <laughs> thinking about it. Lord Jesus. I'm like woo. But North Carolina, I think Charlotte was more of a city. But it's still a southern vibe. So it's like a slow city pace as opposed to being from New York where it was more fast-paced, on a rush, on a hustle, on a bustle. So it's like I wanted the quietness and the stillness because I was so used to the noise and being in the mix. I was like, I need this retreat because this ain't this ain't the life for me. I was ready to live, I was ready to live my soft girl life. I was like, nah, this is cute. <laughs> but this is not for me. You know what I'm saying? So like given that you are from North Carolina, North Carolina is a huge state which I didn't freaking realize until when I'm driving from Charlotte just to get the hell out of it to go home is three hours okay coming from your town what were some life lessons that were instilled in you yeah um I think one of them was just like my parents always taught me to dream big you know they as much as my mom cried when I left they always wanted me to just leave the small town I grew up in and go do, go, there's so much more in this world. Like my dad's military, he's been so many places. He was like, go see the world, like, just go. Like, what do you have to lose? Right. And be confident in yourself, walk with confidence in yourself in this world. Like, you can do that. There were so many conversations I had with. My dad was like, I don't know, I had this job interview, I don't think it went well, we'll see. And he was like, basically, girl, you a bad bitch. Like, you gonna get Okay. God got for you. Because you came from his stock. So you a bad bitch because you came from his exactly, stock. Exactly, exactly. I mean, when I first moved into this apartment building, I had, I was think I was in like transitions with jobs and I was like, dad, how I'm going to pay the rent? Like, I ain't really got no job like that. He was like, you going to be all right? And I was. The rent ain't never been late. And so, it was just like, you know, be confident. Make sure you always ask for whatever you want. Like, my dad is always just like, get, ask for the, however much money you want, no matter what. Like, don't let nobody punk you. Don't just come out and accept anything. Even when it comes to, like, dating, he's just like, first of all, child, you expensive. I raise a bougie-ass child. Okay. <laughs> My friend sent it to me today. She said, you really ordered your grocery? That's some bougie shit. I said, mind your business. Wait, wait. Mind your business. like, don't lower, basically, don't lower your standards for Period. People. And so, I just try to live my life like that every day. Because people, what people think is what is normal for us is expensive to most. And we can't, you can't fault us for that. Okay? We were raised privileged. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. We were raised middle class. What do you expect? Like, we have standards. Mm-hmm, sure do. When it comes to dating, it's not all about the monetary. But baby, best believe, like, you're going to have to come with something you're gonna have to take his trash out because i'm not touching it. the that trash is. you're gonna have to be able to clean you're gonna be able to have to all of that yeah. but just know like sneakers are a habit and i can't afford them and still maintain my lifestyle so please Amen. don't come over here with that broke nigga energy right i literally just had to tell a dude that <laughs> this man was so bad he, he I don't know what his deal was. I mean, he was just broke. And I was just like, but I'm not, so... What are we doing? I, 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 like, We might as well just end it right here. I don't know what the hell I spent money on, but he had a problem with... I think it was when I bought that clothing bag. And he Googled it and saw how much it was. was like, why do people do shit like that? Because I don't know. They dosy as hell. Because yesterday when I was at home coming, they was like, oh, I wanted... People was like, oh, I wanted them sneakers. Them sneakers are like $250. And I'm like, why are you... Why are you pricing... Sneakers, right. and why are you price sneakers that are on my feet? Right. Did like you pay the two fifty? I spend my money on. Hello, mom. My- time. Okay, like you're in my business. Don't do that. Right. But now yeah. I, I I agree with your dad though with the with the high standards on settle because I feel like a lot of greats have come out of NC. A lot of them like Rhapsody, J. Cole, Tabitha Brown, you know, just a few. Michael, Michael Jordan, you know, just a few. Um, and all grounded in their southern rhetoric. So why do you feel NC is downplayed as just being a country bumpkin state when actually it's enriched with so much black culture? Like a lot of black cities were a lot of major flourishing black cities were in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, North Carolina is country. But it's not as country as some of these other southern states. And so I feel like it takes so long for someone like Rhapsody, like she still doesn't get the props that she deserves Girl, don't day. get me started because it's gonna give me a fucking headache. <laughs> I I know. So like I didn't really discover Rhapsody or hear about her until I think I was about to leave North Carolina because she hooked up with um this girl who I went to church with in high school with. She they did like some songs together. Um and so that's how I came across Rhapsody. And then when it came to, like, J. Cole and Top Brown and all these other... Petey Pablo even, like... Right. It takes a while for folks to, like, really catch on to them. Like, J. Cole, I really got into him because of an ex of mine. I was, like, really into him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I rock with this dude for bad I don't forget like, about Ty Young. Ty Young, too, because she went to women's... Right. And so I just think, like, North Carolina... Uh, and even, like, conversations I have with people in the DMV area about black culture it's just, like... North Carolina is just never on the top of people's list. Like they'll name the J. Cole's and tap the Browns, but they won't name like Rhapsody or other folks like that. And so it's just like, you know, they just view us as like just being dumb southerners. Like we don't really contribute much to it. But like people go to J Ho from like all over the place. Oh girl. Cause they was outside yesterday. I know they were. And there's so many HBCUs in North Carolina. Like Fayetteville State, that, they don't get their props like they should, and they produce Johnson it. C. Smith is literally right here in Charlotte. Right, exactly. And so, I feel like North Carolina is just an overlooked state because people just don't take the time to think about and really uh, soak in, like, the black culture that's there. And, the, and that's part of the problem. And that's because African-American studies also isn't taught in North Carolina. Really that part. Because it wasn't taught when I was growing up. That part. I learned about commensaries on my own, just buying random-ass books from Angela Davis and all these other Black authors, and that's how I had, I, I'm i self-taught. And so, like, when other people who I've met in the DMV area are just like, well, we don't know nothing about North Carolina Black culture, it was just like, well, maybe you should read a book about it. Like, do your research. North Carolina has, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, majority, a lot of HBCUs are in North Carolina. I think so. I think you're right. I okay. think a lot of the HBCUs reside in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Like, oh, so many, too many to name, really. Honestly, truly. Because you have Bennett, you have Livingstone. There's literally, like, there got to be at least a good 10, 11 HBCUs in North Carolina South alone. University in Raleigh. Yep. There's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good amount, even though North Carolina a is, like, the one that everybody sees. But, like, there's a slew of them. And I want to say it's pretty much more than a lot of the other states. Yeah, I think you're right. Because if I'm serving correctly, even Texas don't have it. I think at least Texas has like five or six. When it comes to North Carolina, it has like double digit numbers. Like Mm -hmm. of even private institutions and smaller colleges that I don't even be knowing. But they're out here. And I feel like, like you said, it's a lot of black culture, especially here in Charlotte, because Charlotte is known as one of the black cities. Like Charlotte was predominantly black. Because back in the day, it was called Brooklyn before they redlined everybody and started building like seventy-seven highways. Like it was pretty much like a Tulsa. Like they were making money out here in North Charlotte when it was Brooklyn, and then redlining came into play and they started pushing, as they always do, wanted to build the infrastructure, wanted to have more highways. So what do they do? They push the black people out. Hence, if you go to the west side or the east side of Charlotte. It's hood as shit because that's where it's lower stricken, it's lower, lower income based. So a lot of it is neglected because a lot of people who weren't, you know, pushed out of their area well, that's where they at. So now you got all this gentrification and people building up, people can't are not making the salaries in North Carolina that afford those uptown apartments or these new apartments that they're making. So like they're trying to, as they're doing in New York or any place else, that's a lot of DC was a chocolate city. So like it was another thriving black city. So they're trying to gentrify it to make it more accommodating for a white eye because they're tired of it. Like, like I said before on one of the podcast episodes, I literally live near a slave cemetery where they built over. I wouldn't be surprised because like I always say they're spirits, but they built over slave cemeteries. Like I literally, where the people that own my apartment complex, their house where they live is there, and they said during the winter you see the trees, the leaves fall, you can literally see the slave quarters that that are are still built by that house when the winter comes. So, like, I'm in an area where, and ironically, what's right up the street? University of North Carolina at Charlotte. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, the same thing I was saying in Little Rock, Arkansas, in the episode with African American history. The same place where they had these boarding i guess it was like a boys boarding school where they literally locked up 60 boys into a room and tried to set the shit on fire where only 13 got out and 48 died right in there and what do they do they build a fucking prison over it like yep. they try to erase us any way fucking possible now mind you it don't say that there's a slave cemetery over here but whole time if you look at it on a map it says it on google maps but it won't say it out here in in the actual the actual streets like that it's a slave cemetery like, I didn't realize until I sent my location to my friend. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to come to your house the first time I moved over here. And I'm like, slave cemetery? Alec, what? Why the f- Where the fuck is the slave cemetery at? Because there's no sign. Whole time, it's literally hidden behind a bunch of trees. That's crazy. That's wild. And that's why my mom be like, oh, you don't be scared? I'm like, no. Because I know there would be spirits in my house. Because you're, you built over bodies. Like, there's no way possible y'all didn't build over bodies. There's no way fucking possible that y'all done this over bodies. But they know my energy and I know theirs. But anybody else, they might probably be fucking them up just for the hell of it because they know that they energy and they spirit not right. They protect me. I be good. I be chilling. But it's like, it's, it's sad to know like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like people are being erased and their history and their culture is constantly being erased. And then y'all want to be so quick to try to say like, black people have no value or there's no worth or there's no history when we are the history. Y'all just trying to erase it. Because it's not history y'all want to repeat. Literally and figuratively. It's history y'all don't want to repeat. But you know what? Y'all got it though. <laughs> same thing in New York. Seneca Falls was originally a black city before they made Central Park. So wouldn't be surprised if there's bodies in Central Park outside of the ones that have recently been killed if there's actual bodies in Central Park. The same way they do the same shit in Atlanta on fucking... Uh, what is the name of the fucking lake? Lake something. Lake something in Georgia but it's supposedly Lake haunted. Lanier. It could, Lake Lanier is built over a fucking black city where y'all literally drowned the city damn that movie's about to come out like y'all really don't listen child and then I watched Jasmine's Blues that Tyler Perry movie on Netflix oh my god too accurate the shit was spooky cause I'm just like that shit was literally right in Georgia and the city still is the real city like mm. I can't. Y'all, y'all need to do more history because y'all probably get tired of me talking all this black shit. But like, if I don't use my platform to do it, y'all, I know a lot of y'all motherfuckers not picking up a book. You right. right. So who else gonna do it? Hello, because y'all hate Amanda Seals, and we're never gonna have Amanda Seals center on this podcast ever. But y'all hate hearing it from Amanda Seals. Y'all hate hearing it from Charlamagne Tha God. Y'all hate hearing it from Mark Lamont Hill. Y'all hate hearing it from the people who actually do the research to educate you and study. Like went to school with degrees in this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But y'all don't want to hear about it because I just wanna, you know, ignorance is bliss. But you know what? I'm not gonna come in on y'all today. I'ma just I'm gonna keep it cute. I'ma keep it cute. <laughs> so, and I'm sure in your big age like mine, you're still spoiled rotten. Sure. But diligent to no hard work and the spoils of your own labor. Have you ever encountered people who feel like you're too quote unquote privileged? Yeah, all the time. Like, I don't pay my car insurance. I don't pay my car, no. I don't pay my cell phone bill. But why you bad? Why you bad at my parents don't want me to struggle? Why you bad at my parents... Especially right know? now with inflation. Because I be... I be having my mom... some am like to my mom, can I borrow money? And she be like, for real, Jessica? I'm like, inflation really... Like, shit is not what it was literally five months ago. Like, right. it's way more expensive. Exactly. My... I'm privileged in the fact that, like, my parents and my grandparents have set themselves up in a way where, like, I don't have to struggle. Generational wealth. Why are people mad? And so it was crazy because up until last year, my grandparents would send me an allowance. What? I didn't really need the money like that. But, you know, I put it inside of my investment account, my savings account. You know, I wasn't out here wilding. And I think it's the other thing people think when you're, like, privileged or spoiled. is like, you be out here wilding. Like, yes, I take trips and stuff like that. But I take trips that are within my budget. I'm not flying first class everywhere I go. Right. And so it's just like, why do why are y'all mad? Y'all mad because I'm my only child and I give whatever I want. Not my fault. All your parents decided to have multiple kids. And like, you got to share all your shit with your siblings. I'm so... Okay. I'm something, but that's your life. That's your problem. Like, what do you want me to do? Struggle with you? I'm not about to struggle. I'm going to call my dad right now and be like, uh, I need a couple hundred dollars for X, Y, Z. He'd be like, yeah, whatever. Take it off the account. No questions asked. Okay, I got my mom's password to her accounts. I got access to all my parents' accounts. Okay, account. and I be looking at them bitches like, you got five savings accounts and two checking accounts, and they got commas and zeros behind them. Exactly. 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 And you retired, and you, mm-hmm. and you getting social security too, mm-hmm. and workers comp, girl. Good Even though I'm privileged, I still work hard. I just said that. I was like, you know the spoil, you still know what it is to be diligent and have a work ethic. I feel like people have that that monomer or mis, misunderstanding of only children thing like we're privileged. Like there are some kids who are given silver spoons and literally don't do shit. Like those are people that you have that are like that are pretty much celebrities kids. That really and I say celebrity with the word because it's more fame and fashion than anything. Like Paris Hilton's and shit. They don't work. work. Kim's is where they don't really work Everything is done for them but Then you have the kids who are only children But their parents are still into them a work ethic Or know what it is to be diligent and consistent and stuff Because there's times I wanted to quit girls Because mom's like you're not quitting I don't give a damn what you say You're not quitting You're sticking through this until you graduate And I don't give a damn Because you don't know how many opportunities This is about to open up for you And she wasn't lying But it's just like I always wanted to have my own money Like my mom yeah my dad could, My mom can spoil me But I wanted my own fucking money Like it's cute that you can give it to me But I want my own shit because now that I am used to this lifestyle, I want my I want more money. So I'm, I am almost to get more money. I have to work for it. So therefore, exactly. I'm going to work for it. Exactly. And it's like, my parents see, I'm not just out here just sitting around in my apartment in D&B not doing shit. Right. They see me out. I'm networking. I'm meeting people. I'm always applying to jobs or doing like building my skill set or just like, you know, trying to just learn new things. So, and I'm not out here wilding out. Some of the people I grew up with, In my parents' opinion, I don't 100% agree with it. I'm here falling out, you know, having all these babies and doing all this other stuff at their big age and not being married and all this stuff because my parents are super Christian. And I ain't doing none of that. Like, I ain't had no baby. I ain't been locked up. I ain't been on no drugs. I I ain't done nothing wild in my best time for them to be like, okay, we got to cut back on what we're doing for her. I'm really just out here, like, working, and I'm trying to take another trip. That's all I'm thinking about. Period. And that's what it is. And I be like to myself, I'm like, y'all saying all this purpose, like, okay, it was like, oh, it must be nice that your aunt paid for your car to get fixed. It must be nice because you're a hater because you would have to pay that three hundred dollars yourself. You're just say that you're mad. Just say that you're mad that anything that happens with my car, like when my car got scratched up like last year, my, my uncle was like, who was our mechanic was like, it got to be fixed before it rusts. My mom was like, well, how much did she say? I said $900. She said, here's the check. Just put whatever the amount it is that he asked for. It. And that was that. And she paid for it to get fixed. Yeah. Like, why are y'all mad? Because my mom, wait, first, my mom didn't have me until she was 35. So she was more so well-established yeah. Yeah. when she had me. My grandmother was well-off and established, even because she yeah. worked to go ahead. My aunt never had kids, and she's always been well-off. So it's like... Literally, y'all mad at me because I'm beneficiaries and I'm literally going to invest generational wealth that literally when they pass on, I'm going to have liquid assets. You're mad. And you're mad because you don't have that availability. You don't have that support financially in your family or that support to be able to frivolously give you $300 and not be like on some shit like, oh, you got to pay me back or you got to figure it out on your own. Like, And like again, that's not my struggle. And I don't need it to be my struggle because aren't trying all doing the same fucking thing trying to build generational wealth for your kids and I have to do go through the same shit? Like... That's make right. it make sense because you're contradicting yourself mm-hmm. exactly exactly you can't be mad because my generational wealth came a little bit quicker than yours honey. hello <laughs> and I don't gotta struggle like girl you're mad the struggle. nobody wants to hello and like you said, I'm not out here wilding, like I'm doing good for myself. I have a decent job. I'm out here doing a business. I'm not in the mix trying to be, you know what I'm saying? So it's like mom and my mom are like, okay, well she asked to for help. I'm not gonna sit here. How how would we look not helping her when she's like you said, I ain't out here just having kids, getting tied up with the wrong crowd. Wasting my life away. My mom was so happy I went to homecoming. She was like, girl, because all you do is stay in the damn house. You work from home. You do business. And you just really just be in the house. So she was like, the fact you went out and had a good time, it's whatever. Like, I'm happy. Like, because you needed to get out. Like, I do productive stuff. Like, I'm not just wasting my time. So, yeah, my, my family has no problem helping me. And then my village still helps me. Like, my birthday, people probably was like... I was like, you got how much money for your birthday this year, and you're 32. I'm like, don't be mad because my mom has people in her village who don't have kids, and they're well off sending me $200 for my birthday or yep. $100 within a Zelle because it's my birthday. Like, yep. why are you mad at me because you ain't getting no money? That's between you and your parents' village. They clearly didn't choose the right village. That's not my fault. Not my fault. But like I said, we met at an SFB Black Outside Again tour and instantly hit it off. Clearly, I love for Amanda Seals runs deep. What made you become a part of the Seals squad? Because everybody not on the Seals squad. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I came across Amanda on Instagram, and she was just spitting facts. And I was like... I need. Y'all heard to hear what she said? Facts. <laughs> F-A-C-T-S. Not F-A-X. F-A-C-T-S. Because just yeah, so y'all yeah. didn't hear her career correctly and just don't realize it's not just me that I be saying she's spitting facts. Yeah. Yeah. And like, after you... So, where I grew up in North Carolina, we didn't have any African-American studies courses, anything along those lines. And so, I view Amanda as my African-American studies professor. I mean, she does have a master's in it, you know. Right. I learn so much from her every time I hop on one of her lives or just watch one of her reels or whatever, and I'm like, okay. She be telling the truth. What book I need to read again, let me write that down. What show I need to watch, let me write that down. And so, like, I'm like okay. I fucks with Amanda. Like she's cool. She's cool. She's the only child. I like her whole. We read. We we fight we, we fight. we rap. We rap. Mm-hmm. What's that the last one? one? Yeah. We we read is because I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look at the jacket in my mind. I'm like we read is the rebels. We fight. We rap. We fly. Yes. Because yes. it's culture fan. We fly. Yeah. And so I fuck with stuff like that. And she's all about supporting black businesses, black people. She's all about black all culture. Black culture. And like, that's what I'm trying to be. I'm always out here supporting black businesses. My Instagram, I stay promoting some sort of black business that I didn't discover and I'm like, oh, let me, I bought a candle from them. Y'all go check them out or I done bought this. Check that's a out. fact because she's supporting my black business.
1: Mm-hmm. Sis.
0: I about it. Just wait till y'all see what I got from Jess. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say businesses, I mean her, like, you know, a podcast is a business, but y'all know I have my art, my jackets as a business too. So that's a whole another business. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I just look at Samantha as like another thought leader, someone who I aspire to be one day and just have all this black culture knowledge in her head. I'm just like, can you just pour all of that into me so that I can work on embodying that better? And, you know, make society a better place to live. And share the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, like, I feel you, though. Because Amanda's the reason why I even have a podcast. Like, people tell me for years, oh, you have so many insightful thoughts. You have so much knowledge. You should share it. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not for me. Like, I went to school for accounting. What the fuck do I look like doing some damn broadcast and shit? Like, I did not go to school for that shit. The fuck? And then on top of that, I've seen too many people who never had that type of professionalism to know how to gauge i guess broadcast or journalism so it was like i don't want to be like them when somebody was like your shit is trash (laughs) like nice try jess but no and i'm too much of a perfectionist as the virgo i am that i refuse to fucking fail so i was like i'm not embarrassing myself like that so i was like you know what before i do let me research so i researched and here we are now seven seasons later so clearly But that was also motivation from Amanda because I'm like, you know what? I have a voice. I need to use it. I have a skill set. I need to use it. I'm able to articulate and still make it where it's a free type of vibe, where it's not like black, 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 because that's what it is. But it don't come off that way. It comes with more of a conversation, an understanding, a dialogue. So I'm like, you know what, Amanda? And then mind you, you know, I've loved Amanda since my brother and me. So (laughs) that's just it. Like I've been a dot since nine to 4, i I've been on Amanda's. Area. and then you know listen to the podcast my homegirl put me onto her podcast in like 2018 and I was like and it was a side effects of oh, gotcha. being um what was it the first episode I listened to so it was like side effects I want to say of being independent but the one that got me when she really honed me in was the side effects of being the only child I was like yes I'm here to talk that shit girl yes, yes. Yes. talk I that heard shit how old her be speaking to me I'm like I know I gotta listen to the one she just released about black characters her favorite black characters I didn't listen to that one cause I've been hooked on the, I've been trying to catch up on my JL podcast cause Joe Scott has a really good podcast too okay. um, but yo that's the like and just her whole aesthetic of just I just always say it all the time like her moral ethic it's the fact that her moral ethic every time they tried to tear her down or, you know, be against her. She just kept her moral ethic and was like, I'm not wavering for any of y'all motherfuckers. Holly Weird will not be me. Like, I know who the fuck I am. I'm going to say who the fuck I am, and I'm just going to go about my business. And I think that also comes with the culture of her being Caribbean and her mother being a person who was, you know, innovative, coming to this country, building herself into what she was, which spilled over into Amanda. So, shout out to Miss Annette Seals. She's the bomb, guys. <laughs> i just want y'all know she is because she's dope because she says she loves my work so that that's for another day again she's gone. she created one of a great specimen of a child um and she i get i think amanda's just misunderstood like honestly truly i think the people hate the messenger so they can never receive the message and i will constantly always fucking say that she's the goat and y'all just don't want to give her the credit and it's fine because you have motherfuckers like us who will Because I think it was a picture I posted when I was in Baltimore. (laughs) And India wrote me back. She said, that conversation must have been intense. I said, yes, it was Amanda blasphemy. So I had to go the fuck in. I remember that. I remember that. It was Amanda blasphemy and I had to go the fuck in. She was like, yeah, blasphemous. We don't play about Amanda. So Amanda, if you're out there listening, we love you, girl. Okay, we love you, girl. (laughs) So (laughs) we often do events, activities, and life on our own during the pandemic was an, you know, issue to have it to pe- for people to just sit in self. And while the world was shut down, did you have any like hard times with life during the pandemic or like have any life reflections that just came knocking on your door randomly? I don't know cuz I just feel like as only children we're always by ourselves, so it's not like we really right. when the pandemic happened, it was like, "Oh great, I don't have to interact with people." Right. The pandemic was great for me. Cuz like you said I'm always by myself, but the pandemic gave me an excuse to all of you. <laughs> it gave me an excuse to like go to this event or go talk to this person. Like it was literally I was in silence here in my little apartment. And I loved it. I was being active going out. I walked around my neighborhood. I've I lived in this building for like seven years and I've never really walked around my neighborhood until COVID happened. That's crazy. And it was glorious. I not like, glorious. glorious it was glorious <laughs> glorious I tell you <laughs> magnificent I was just like okay I what's, what's popping over here where I live like it's cool but a lot of people I think during the pandemic I lost I'm not gonna say it's a loss but you know some people who I used to talk to pre-covid I don't talk to anymore mm. cause they don't like how I'm not in, the, in these streets like I used to be like I'm not out here Going to all these parties, going to all these networking events, trying to like, you know, really be out here being people. I'm being more intentional with who I hang out with. As being you should. Huh? As you should. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't have the energy. I'm already an introvert. Okay, it takes a lot for me to like. Grow, grow. <laughs> Tell the people because so, they don't get like, it. The- like going somewhere doing this doing that and then COVID happened and it's just like okay I get to be still because we all gotta be still and I'm still in that moment of just like girl if I see you this weekend it's cool but I don't it's fine you can cancel plans on me any day okay right it's fine like i will find something else to do or i will gladly sit here on my couch and watch love is blind or whatever girl i've been binging on netflix heavy because i just bought my account back because i i'm like y'all be asking for money and y'all not y'all not giving quality but then i am like, wait when i went back i was like oh y'all got some hot shit i gotta come back Mm they do they do but no i feel you I think here at the DMV, though, people have a problem with, like, being with themselves. Because people here have big-ass egos. I don't have a big ego. And so, like, if you're not willing to kiss somebody's behind, which I'm not willing to do, they're just like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, look. Because people here always are looking to, like, move up. to the next big thing? And I'm like, I just want to be paid very well and drive. Like, I don't really care. You could call me a research assistant. You call me a VP. I could care less what the title is. As I long can- as I got the coins. Give me a good coin and we good. And let me travel when I want to travel and we real good. Okay, period. But here it's just like, no, you got to want to work for the White House or you work for the agency. Y'all, leave it alone. I don't want to do all that. That's what y'all want to do because y'all want to be able to to, and I think people who do that just want those titles. Like when they ask you, just so they can see where they can rank you and how to talk to you. Like, right. no, they I'm not. They want the title and they want the power, and I'm like, I don't care about that. Just, I just give me some money. Like having power what? and not knowing how to use it effectively can really be dangerous. So, do you mm. really want the power? Mm. When you got an ego that needs to be stroked regularly, right, right? Exactly. Mm, I don't think you want that, beloved. I don't think you want that. But no, I feel you. Cause I don't think it was an issue. I think having the pandemic was a as a blessing because I'm like, yes, I don't have to be social. And my mom was like, I don't know how you do it. How can you work from home and stay at home and never want to be home? I'm like, because I'm an introvert. So it doesn't bother me. Like my mom's the complete opposite. She's social. So she likes to be around a bunch of people. My aunt and I are two in the same. We like to be by ourselves. We don't like too many people in our face. And I think like you said, as you get older, the same people that I was hanging around with in the pandemic or conversing with, I don't have any ties to because it was more of a lesson to realize like you're codependent. You don't have any sense of independence. You never really are driven. And then nonetheless, not trying to downplay nobody, but how the hell am I talking to somebody who never left home? Like you never experienced life outside of your own niche. So you really is not much you can fucking tell me. And when I realized that with a lot of people even when I go back home, like my trips home have lessened to New York because it's the same people doing the same shit. Like and the fact that I can come home to so y'all doing the same shit and y'all not trying to step outside is like what do we really have to talk about yeah you have families yeah you have kids and you have a husband which is all great but if you're still in the same space and never really branched out like i feel like in my mind and they can say i'm wrong but i feel like you have some underlying resentment because you never got to do what you really wanted to do and now you're a whole mom so you don't really get a chance to now really do what you want to do because you have other people you have to depend that depend on you and you have a whole marriage so like people are like, oh, Jess, you don't have kids yet? I'm like, no, but guess what? I'm not in no place where I feel like I have to be and I'm stuck. Like, a lot of my friends, like you said, the opportunity to be have privilege. Like, you haven't traveled. You've never been outside the country.
1: Excuse me.
0: You've never really went to different homecomings or went to college outside of New York. So, like, some of y'all are now living your dreams in your 30s, which is fine because it's not a time limit. But a lot of what y'all doing, I've already done because I left home early. So, like, I'm not interested. I'm trying to establish business. I'm trying to have my own generational wealth. I'm trying to prepare because now that's, like you said, my parents, my mom's getting older. My dad's getting older. So when stuff happens, I got to prepare for when that day comes where I inherit their generational wealth and maintain that because that's going to be a decision. Do I want to stay in North Carolina? Am I going back to New York? Right. Exactly. As if she gets sicker, what's going to happen in the situation? Because unfortunately, as we get older, they get older. Yep. So, and then being the only child, I'm the only one that I'm responsible, not just for my mom, but my aunt as well, because she has no kids. Yep. So I got to make sure I'm in my best mental space during the whole pandemic where I was like, if there's demons I ain't dealt with, I got to deal with them now because I can't, God forbid something happens, I can't just be on some, oh, my mind's all over the place and i I'll be willing to accept what the real actuality of what it really is. And I can't expect to grow and expand if I'm stuck and stagnant being a rocking chair moving but I ain't going nowhere. Exactly. Mm. And I realized I don't <laughs> I feel you because my family is going through that same exact thing. It's just like my I feel like my parents are pushing me to like, you know, go do whatever I want to do right now because we're watching my grandparents get older. And one of my grandparents is very sick right now. And so like I'm seeing my dad having to make this drive back and forth to Philly to take care of them because they refuse to move down south for whatever reason. And it's just like, okay, he has put... They're having intentional conversations around, like, how do we make sure we are prepared for, like, when the end
1: happens? Right.
0: And how do I make sure I'm prepared for when the end happens? Because I know it's coming. And so, like, having these types of conversations with them at my not even 30 year age is making me have intentional conversation to my parents like y'all need to get y'all shit together too y'all need to go ahead and put xyz in place i know some things are in place but mom you got more work to do so i'm gonna need for you to knock this stuff out by this date and if it's not done i'm gonna keep harassing right but that's and it was scary and i think that what the reality was that was scary for me is when my aunt and my my mom had somebody send papers down here that had to get notarized for a fiduciary trust and i said what the fuck are you kidding me like you're only 60 something really doing this my aunt literally already has her burial down to a t where she had me and gave me a copy of where she's getting cremated and this is your beneficiary on this this is what my tax my financial advisor has you on this my mom's like my my, your name is on this you gotta sign this trust my mom has an irrevocable trust a revocable trust on top of a fiduciary trust yep i said my aunt is like, yeah, this is my liquid cash. I have this, how much of my cash is liquid? That's in my financial advisor that has you as a second beneficiary. Your name is on this part of the house. Da, da, da. And my, my, my mom has my name on deeds and shit. And I said, what? This is real. like. Yeah. But it's going to make your life so much easier once that time comes. And that's how I just have to look at it. It's just like, we have to put these things and have these conversations in place while they're here. Because my dad is the only child. Right. He has to deal with his parents. 'Cause they, there's no I mean, he has my mom and I here, but like that those are your parents. So you they have to have these types of intense conversations while they're here because right. we all know the end is coming. So And being only child, literally, those are the only parents you have and you're the only child right. that they have. So they ex- It is your responsibility. Like it's all gonna follow you. And that's something that hit me very hard earlier this year, was just like shit, my parents are getting old. Everything's gonna follow me. Like, I even if I do have like a family somewhere down the line, it's still like it's me, right? Because you're the immediate bloodline, right? And so, like, I'm like, Mom, y'all gotta make this shit easier. Because the way I'm witnessing all this other stuff going down within the family, I'm like, I'm not trying to experience that when you know y'all no longer on this earth. No facts. And I don't know if my dad got his shit together because he's married to a trifling asshole. And I said it and I don't give a damn. Yeah, I'm gonna tell y'all because y'all know how my dad side shit. My dad is one of fourteen. So the imagine, that's like totally different. Like, right. So I don't even know his family for real, but his side of the family is ginormous. Like ridiculous. Ridiculous. He's one of fourteen. And he has me and, and his kids, his older kids, but it's like financially you're not gonna trust them with shit. I know you. You're going to trust me with it, even though I wasn't raised in your household, but because of, one, my degrees, but two, who I am as a person, like, being financially stable, but you have a whole wife you're married to, so, like, hopefully you have your shit in order because she's going to want to take everything, and technically she's next to kin, because once you marry her, that's, everything goes to the wife first, and then the kids are after. But, like, I want no parts of that shit. I told my dad off, rip. like, don't put me in nothing, because if it takes anything where it becomes, where it has to go to the, become, to go to the estate... I don't want to deal with none of that shit because I refuse to go battling for something that my last name is inherited and hers is by marriage. I don't have time for that shit. Like, I don't have time for the stress or the headache. So, figure that shit the fuck out. And especially with your other two kids because you know they feel entitled. So, you can literally leave me to fuck off anything. I'm 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 going to be all right regardless. Honestly, truly. I am. Because mom's side, I already got their shit together. I'm not inheriting shit probably over here from you anyway, but a ball of lint. But it's okay. And it's okay. But funeral arrangements and all that other shit, I'm not going back and forth with your kids about it. I'm not going back and forth with your wife about it. I'm not going back and forth with a policy or whatever. The he- I don't give a damn. Like, figure that shit out. Because all I want to do is honestly just show up to the funeral and let it be. And hence why my dad is somewhat sick. But I feel like you have older kids that you really raised. And, like, they that they, it's their responsibility to make sure you're good, not mine. Because I wasn't put in your household. And you were literally a part-time dad with me. So, like, I don't feel like I owe you that. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to your other kids, you raised them. Yeah. They were in your household. You literally yeah. are do stuff for them even in a big ass age, damn near almost in their 50s, and you look out for them. So, like they owe you. I don't owe you shit. True. True.
1: Yeah. The only person I owe,
0: I got they got my name on everything, sign on that line and notarized. So honestly, truly, <laughs> we good. We good. You still my man. But I'm not going to ever go on my way and travel like how I would for my mom driving 10 hours. I'm not going to do that for you to drive to Philly to check in on you because you don't, I don't feel like you deserve that much. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you got a wife? Tell that bitch do it. Exactly. That's Thanks. how I feel. <laughs> that's what you're Okay, and she ain't worth a damn, but I told you back when I was 16 she wasn't worth shit. But listen, that's another story for another day. So as a, back, to the, back to the regularly scheduled programming so often the perception is that only children are selfish but in fact i feel we're the most caring selfless individuals because we share on our own not by force like those who grow up with siblings why do you feel the pre this preconceived notion amongst many is what it is perpetuated in society about us i mean that too They just mad because we have boundaries. Woo! Say that a lot. That was a bomb. That was a B-real bomb you just dropped. That B word, that's my favorite word: B. We have boundaries that we have set and that we enforce. And people don't like that, especially as only kids. Everyone is not welcomed in my home. Woo! Does not even have my address. (gasps) Girl! I don't even got to talk about it because she preaching. She preaching. She preaching. I preaches. May may not live in Washington, D.C. If you know if you are privileged enough to know my exact location, you're welcome. If you don't know, you probably will. Where the collection plate? Where the collection plate? Where is the collection plate? Because she is preaching right now. I don't know why folks feel entitled to have to like. I remember one thing people just never understood about me is why I don't like sharing. And it's just like because my parents bought it for me, not for you. It is mine, and it's up to me whether or not I want to share this Barbie doll or this whatever with you. If if I don't want to share, it, it's fine. If you want it, go ask your parents to buy you one. Why are you mad at me? It's mine. I feel like we're That's selfless. I have my name written on the NDAH. My mom was not playing no games. My mom did that too. She still did that. <laughs> she did it on my... When I went to college, everything she got... She even bought an embroider to embroider, like, a thing to put that, like, on my my freaking iron and everything for everybody to know it was mine. Like, I have a habit now of putting my name on everything because it's mine. But again, when I share, it's because I want to share, not because I'm forced to have to share. So that's what I think they get the mix-up is. Like, unlike y'all who have siblings, people out there who are, grew up with siblings... You're forced to have to share because that's what's taught in your household and the right thing to do. But in reality, you don't have to share shit. Exactly. And I think that's what pisses them off because we know the difference between having to share and sharing willingly. Like, And it even goes back to emotional intelligence. People overshare because they don't know that there's a boundary or know that they don't have to tell everything. Like, sometimes it's good to be an enigma and be mysterious. And people are like, oh, Jess, you're like an onion. It's hard to peel you back. No, it's just that I allow layer by layer because you might not make it to the core because you're not deserved to get that far. You are might just be seasonal. And in reality, I don't owe you that much to know that much about me. Like how you said, niggas, I move, niggas don't have my address. Mm -hmm. You, Oh, yeah, you still, yeah. Mind you, people didn't know I lived in Charlotte until literally about three episodes, four or five episodes ago. How about that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't need to know where I live. You don't need to come to my house. Like, my homegirl comes to my house. She's the only one that's allowed to my house. Like, I don't do everybody in my house because I'm big on energy. You're not bringing that shit in my space cause I'm gonna have to cleanse it cause you were in my space and I don't know where the hell you came from where energy you might be carrying cause you're not gonna make me carry a load of energy I don't want I don't feel like everybody needs to know how you live cause that's exactly how people be hating it because of how you live especially because people are envious and will be low key dry haters you might if some get I know for a fact to this day if somebody to break into my house and something gets stolen there's only three people that know my who have been to my new residence so therefore it's gonna be easy to narrow that shit the fuck down Because you normally get robbed of people who know you and know exactly where shit is. Ain't no way fucking in hell possible. I don't share a lot of what's going on in my life because it's none of your fucking business. Like, everybody want to be so quick to know about my love life. Mind your fucking business. (laughs) If I want to share it, I will. I just feel like, personally, for me, if you have to ask me about it and it's not something I would voluntarily share and I haven't told you, then that means it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. Because I share what I want to share for who I feel deserves to share the information exactly all these children we're very particular like you're saying we don't open up to just any and everybody we have to build some sort of relationship exactly first. we're strategic also, as like, fuck. I have friends that i will share certain things with but i don't think i have a single friend who knows every single thing going on in my life right it's strategic but I have Certain, like one of my friends i was hanging out with her yesterday we will talk about word gossip about other people all this random stuff but I will talk to her about an immediate family member is dying because that's just not a thing. Where we're at, right. Age. Right. But I have another friend, her and I will talk hella deep about that type of shit. And it's just different. And so I feel like people don't really understand, like, how we operate. Like, it's okay to have certain friends for certain things. But I think as an only child, folks have to understand that we are really selfish. we only going to give our energy to people who I feel like deserve it. That part. Like, reciprocate some sort of energy back to us. Like, I, like when I met you, Jess, damn, I can't go into detail. But you had asked me to do something, and I was like, I got you. I did it. And since you, my whole analysis of, you know, the things you tried to do, and I was like, yep. you should do this buzzer, the buzzer, buzzer. I don't do that for everybody. I got a friend right now working on her PhD. She sent me her PowerPoint. She was like, girl, if you got time, I was like, girl, I will make time to look at your PowerPoint because what you're going to do is finish this dissertation. Right. I know them. So, like, but everyone, I won't do that for everybody. Right. Period. It depends on our relationship. And you just have to, if we're not cool like that, if I don't fuck with you like that, you just have to get over it because you just. And literally, it. I was just talking about India about the energy because we are talking about boundaries. And I know I didn't have to explain it to her, but I was just like, yo, the people don't understand the fact, like, don't emotionally dump on me. Cause I don't like that shit because y'all have to remember I've been raised by myself. So I've been my own emotional support. So coming over here, dumping on me is feeling like it's an evasion of fucking space. Like don't do that shit. And I was telling her, cause when I hit her up first, like I had told her I have a habit. Of even asking, like, hey, girl, India, you know, are you free or receptive to have a conversation? You know, even if not, I get it. Because sometimes when people, like, people will tell, like, I know India would have had no problem saying no. But some people feel obliged because you ask. Like, they have to say yes the whole time. They never wanted to fucking, they don't have the mental capacity. Right. And she was like, yeah, girl, what's up? Like, because I feel like it's just a respect factor. Like, you don't just automatically assume somebody's privy to your time because you're available to do something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what they hate about only children because we work on our own time. And we know that. And I think most of us know that the world don't work on our time, even though we work on our own time in our worlds. But, like, just because you're on your time, don't fucking mean that I'm on your time. She was like, oh, because I saw in the situation. She was like, this person the only child? I was like, surprisingly, yes. But this person wasn't raised by their parents. And she was like, that makes a difference.
1: Because
0: yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like only children who are raised by people outside of their parents... Are different than only children raised by their parents, if that makes sense. <coughs> Excuse me. So My like you are also good at picking up energy. Cause like I told you, when I was reading that text exchange, I was like, she ain't cooking down what you putting out because <laughs> I would have been just left you alone. And I'm like, girl, how much more blunt can I be? Right. So pretty much I'll tell y'all the backstory without telling y'all. A situation happened. I told this person, I am not emotionally available. And that was the end of that. And when I tell somebody I'm not emotionally available, that means I'm not emotionally available to you. So, like, there's other people I'm emotionally available to, but because I'm telling, me telling, is my pretty much that's my nice way of saying I don't give a fuck. It's my nice way of saying it without being an asshole. Because I feel like it's always been my delivery with people and not what I say, but how I say it. Because normally before therapy, I'd be like, okay, and you're telling me this because... And it comes off dismissive. And I don't like being dismissed. I'm like, there's another way to say I don't give a fuck without saying I don't give a fuck. So I said, like, currently right now, I'm not in a space to receive and I'm not emotionally available. So when I told that to my homegirl yesterday, she was like, well, how? She said that could have just been for that day. I said, but no, if I tell somebody I'm unemotionally available, that means that I'm at the point where I don't care what you're saying anymore. And I'm trying to be nice enough to let you know that I've tuned the fuck out because I no longer care because it's the same repetitive shit. Yeah. And as an only child, I'm all about finding solutions, especially me being a Virgo. I'm a solution based person. Like, I don't like chaos. I don't like constant drama. I don't like constant negativity because if that's what you're constantly bringing to my door, I'm done listening to it. Like, so that's my way of saying I don't give a fuck. I said, so I told her, I was like, inside. So, this is a disclaimer for all of y'all, whoever's friends with me. If I ever tell you I'm emotionally unavailable, that means I no longer give a fuck. That's my nice way of saying it. Okay. So, now that you guys know, there's my secret. (laughs) Um,. (laughs) So, and I w- I was telling India about it and I'm I this is what I do. I ask my sun, my moon, and my rising. So each person I have designated, you know, India's of a, a Leo. Literally her birthday is a week before mine. So literally India's birthday is on the day I was supposed to be born. Honestly, to try to, to be honest <laughs> with you. I was supposed to be born. That's literally how we connected for sure. Cause she was like, Yeah, my birthday's in August. So I said when? She was like, the twentieth. I said, shut the hell up. That's the day I was supposed to be born. Yeah, that's I can never forget it. Plus, it's literally exactly a week before my birthday. Like, literally a week before. And, you know, I go to my homegirl, Mia, who was on the podcast before. And she's my Virgo. And then I went to my homegirl, Eb, who is a Scorpio moon and a Scorpio. And I'm like, you know, I go to all three signs because... My Scorpio could be coming out where I'm being real venomous and just saying fuck it because I don't really care. Then my Virgo could be coming out where it's kind of like I'm nonchalant and I'm over it. And then my Leo can come out when it's just like I'm trying to work with you and you're making this difficult. Yep. So I asked all three of them and all three of them said like you're not tripping. And then once I got that confirmation I was like yeah okay. Wash my hands. We're done. Because y'all can call it cold, y'all can call it whatever. But when I have a boundary, like India said, when only children have boundaries, we are very stern to enforce them, and you will not overstep okay. them, no matter who the fuck you are. you are. If you overstep, I hate you. Hate to see. And is. yes, like I, like you see that I was like, oh, she's overstepping. She was like, yeah, she's not picking up what you're putting down. Like it's really <laughs> obvious that you're. You can see the switching conversation dynamic that you're giving. Like I'm not really here for this conversation. You know, people don't. Some people just not emotionally intelligent to read the room. But bitch, we read a room and then read it inside out. I think aren't intelligent, but that's a whole other thing. India did say she a little slow, and I said I don't know, girl. She might have taken the short <laughs> bus with the one seat. I don't know. I don't know, girl. I don't know. But like I told y'all before, anybody I've talked about, I've talked to them about it first, and nonetheless, I probably have no contact because I think that shit is so weird to talk about people and still be in their face. That shit is weird as fuck to me. It's gonna always be weird, but you know what? People weird. So, so you're working in the, your dream career in the in the DMV. How has that been for you? Girl's been a roller coaster, you know. Growing up in my small little town, moving to this big city with all these big personalities. It's a lot. People are draining, and you know I've grown into. Being a strong black woman since I've been here,
1: mm-hmm. I've grown
0: into wanting to bring black culture to the spaces that, I in, that I'm in. And, you know, white people don't be liking that shit. Of course not. It's ruffling feathers. And I've ruffled a lot of feathers. <laughs> the- Join the club. <laughs> Join the club. I hate it. And i'm just like well i'm not changing so at this point i'm standing fast standing hard whatever the saying is and what i believe in standing what, firm yeah standing firm that's what i'm looking for standing firm and what i believe in and my blackness isn't going every, every time i introduce myself i'm like i'm a black woman i support black owned businesses and i care about the black community and so every time I go through whatever legislation I'm looking at, I'm like, so how will this impact Black community? Girl, I be asking that question too. I be like, inclusivity, what is it looking like? Right, exactly. And the way people look at me, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm dead ass. Like, not playing with you. But is, how would this impact the Black community? And, uh, you know, it, that ruffles feathers. And, you know, some organizations I worked at supported, others didn't, so I had to leave. And, you know, I'm not changing who I am whatever I my career here in DC will always be about black community black people equity diversity inclusion and belonging which is why I sit on the council at my current job because y'all period um and so yeah that's just how it is DC has been a dream of mine since like probably high school I'm glad to be here to be thriving but it can be exhausting and you know I thought about moving somewhere else. But all the other places I like are hella expensive too, so it's just like I might as well stay here, girl. Trust because I love California, but baby, girl, me too. And I'm like, whoop, that cost of living got me saying I'm gonna just have a California dream, right? Exactly. So I'll just think to visiting my friend out there once a year because, girl, that's all I got, <laughs> girl. Expensive. And I need to go visit, and I'm gonna go visit my, my soul out there, but now I feel you because. Being in spaces like that is hard. Being an anomaly is hard, and I think that's a big thing I question because, like y'all think, of diversity is really because y'all are y'all are owned by CEOs of female, and y'all think being female is diversity. But for me, that's not diversity. Yeah, that's a pinpoint, but it's not. I don't see enough of me in here. Nope. And y'all don't understand mentally the anguish that's being put on me day in and day out because you're not me, and I don't have nobody to talk to because none of y'all are me. So. I took myself out of the inclusion in diversity groups because I'm just like, now it's not centered. Like, I feel like y'all are mocking my culture and I have a problem with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like, because you're in the DMV, like, your parents, since you moved so far away, is it harder for them to digest the fact of you being an adult? Even though, like, I know that they know you're an adult, but does it, like, sometimes it's just like, whoa, bro, chill. I'm You know, I'm old enough to, like, make decisions. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the parent. My... My dad is more of like, girl, you an adult, like, you know, he treats me like an adult. My mother does not She still babies me. Like, she will, (laughs) if I ask her to make an adult appointment, she will do it. I will literally call, my mom still makes my hair appointments, because she just, that's what she wants to do. (laughs) It gives her joy to do stuff like that. My dad is just like, look, if you don't ask, I ain't gonna say shit. (laughs) Pretty much. All right, man. And so, and my mom, you know, I'm my only child. She was just like, my mom and I were always hanging out when I was a kid. I was like her sidekick. So when I left, it was very hard on her, apparently, for what my dad has told me. She cried for days, allegedly. Oh, wow. Yeah. She did not take it well. Mind you, my dad's a jokester, so he was kind of laughing at me. But that's a whole other thing. But yeah, she, my mom, she... I don't think she's fully digested that I'm an adult. She tries with encouragement from my dad to, you know, pull back a bit. But mm-hmm. when it's just her and I, I ain't no adult. I'm still a child in her eyes. I be hating that, yo. I'm like, yo, I'm an adult. Stop treating me like a kid. It's a love-hate thing. Like, because sometimes she do be doing too much. I'm like, okay, mom, chill like, out. Like I am almost 30, like <laughs> Calm down. But other times, I'm just like, okay, like, if it gives you joy, whatever, I'm not gonna burst your bubble. I think you're the only friend I have that's under 30. <laughs> I'll be 30 next year. It's, it's coming. I mean, she, I'm about to say, y'all, she's not far. But I think she's the only person that I actually converse with under 30. Like, everybody is 30 and up <laughs> that I actually, like, converse with. And not saying it's a shade thing, but I swear to y'all, once y'all hit 30, there's a pinnacle of like a what the fuck type of shit that happens and you be looking at people younger than you like what the fuck are you doing and you just don't have time for it so you just cause the conversation switches yeah, it's not the same so child so to end it off As you've gotten older, your palette for people changed, I'm sure. So, why do you think, or what do you think are green flags in friendship now as an adult, being an only child, that you may have bypassed in your younger days? I think true, blatant honesty and transparency with each other. I feel like a lot of people, I used to put it with a lot of friends that were like real fake. Um, And I don't really tolerate that anymore um i i think some of the other green flags is just like over the past few years having a friend that will just literally just check in on you be like hey girl girl just be how you doing like don't hit me up because you want something just hit me up saying like just thinking about you like hope you're doing well blase 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 like i value those types of things and i try to be intentional when reaching out to people who i might not see a lot, right? But I would just check, just send a quick text, like, Hey, I just did it last week. I was like, Hey, Alicia, we ain't talked, and since earlier this summer, I hope you're doing well. You know, blase, blase. So, like, that type of interaction I value a lot more than like friends who only or friends that like hit me up wanting something from me. Yeah, because I definitely hit up India when she got back, and I was like, Hey, girl, I see you landed. I need all the details. How was your trip? Like, what was What was new? Like, what did you try? What was the right. food? Exactly. How was like i want to know like i know you're tired and you're jet lagged so when you know when you come around to it you know i'm here to hear <laughs> right. the whole experience and i appreciate it i appreciate for you to understand which is a, a whole other thing for you to understand like i'm jet lagged i just came back from dubai so i might not have the energy the high energy that you're used to be having so if i'm slow or small don't catch attitude with me right what brand did catch attitude oh girl because i didn't i was like yeah i know you just got off a flight so when you when you come back around i want to hear about the trip and and, like i think i need friends who understand like i like being by myself sometimes like i was literally just talking to one friend about this it's just like we can sit on facetime and be like watching tv at dead silence. girl i love those but like everyone doesn't like that
1: but her and I are just like we cool like that. Like it's it's no it's no and have no little mini
0: conversations here and there, little tiny right. ones. Exactly. Those are the but best. like it's this same friend. Her and I. We might not talk for six months, and then when we finally pick up the phone and like hit each other up, it's like we never stop talking. Cause she calls me her low maintenance friend. Cause I don't really be you know I don't. It don't take much. Okay. I don't need a lot of interaction. You ain't really gotta talk to me every day. Period. It's like. Just know we good regardless. There's nothing happened We good. Like right. if you need something, just call me. You just want to chit chat, chop it up for a second. Just call, text, whatever. And like she understands that a lot of people who are friends with now understand. Like I don't, we ain't gotta engage with each other all day, every day. Like it's fine. I, I don't need no high this friend who needs me to be in their face like all the time. I think that's, that's codependency, me. and that she need to seek therapy if that is the case. I'm the same way when it comes to relationships like don't you don't have to text me all day because if you are texting me all day every day that's giving me an inclination that you're not doing nothing productive and that just shows that you have way too much time and that's a that's a red flag because that means you're going to expect that because how we started is how it's going to end up happening you're going to expect that and I just think that's not healthy personally that's me though. But you know what? This is this is what it is. So that's it. You already know where her handle is. Is at what indie heck? I will be sure to put it in the thing. But do you have like a B-roll bomb or a model that you go by, or like an everyday use that you want to share with the people before you leave? Um, I'm just gonna say like, be true to yourself. Don't let people sway you to like do something or just you know act a certain way or just just be you like embrace figure out who you are and just do that just be who the fuck you are don't try to be somebody else in these streets period just be true to you i mean that's should be saying on the podcast yeah so y'all heard it from india and we appreciate you coming and kicking with us though and giving us yeah. the real deal so yeah. y'all know where to they find my girl invite. this was so much fun we'll do another one for sure it's only right. That's India, y'all. Period. That was my girl, India. North Carolina, raised up. That was Dear NC with Love, Indy. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed our conversation, and we will see you on the next one. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Much love.